Hey, Crypt Keepers, I want to tell you about our affiliation with Parabox. Parabox is a t-shirt subscription box with a twist. Each month, you'll receive a new paranormal soft style tee and info card about that month's theme. The shirt and card will contain clues to finding a hidden password for use on their website. Correct entries get entered in a raffle for free gear. They're pretty dope shirts with designs about all your favorite paranormal stuff like Black Eyed Kids, Bigfoot, Nazca Lines. Uh, my favorite is a cool Battle of Los Angeles tee. The designs are actually silk screened onto a soft style tee and we all know those are super comfortable. From the moment you open your pair box, you'll be so engrossed by the t-shirt you'll forget there's a puzzle built into it. Each shirt contains a secret password. It can be in the form of codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. Have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. You can find the link in the show notes and we get a little kickback when you sign up for the box, so we would really appreciate it too. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to the Cryptique Christmas episode, the spectacular, if you will. You've all done such a great job reposting and sharing links, and Ryan and I are truly grateful for your help. If you share and repost links, you become part of the show, and we love you for it. So we decided to have some fun. We did a Krampus episode last Christmas, so check that out if you haven't already. I'm joined, as always, by a man who mainlines eggnog just to get in the Christmas spirit. Brian, what's up? <laughs> not a lot. I'm realizing I'm not sure when the last time I had eggnog was. I think we always end up buying some, but I don't think it ever gets drank. Or mainlined. <laughs> I don't know if it would go through a needle, man. It's pretty thick. It's pretty thick. Yeah, I don't think so. You might have to like try to cut it with uh, some whiskey or something. That's how you do eggnog. Yeah. I, yeah, I used to drink eggnog when I was a kid. I loved it because, you know, it's like disgustingly rich and sweet. Yeah. And now I can drink, you know, like a what essentially amounts to like a big shot glass of it. And that's about all I can deal with. So, Right. But anyway, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we are talking about... Amanita Miscaria. Christmas and mushrooms. <laughs> uh, we're talking about particularly a... This is an article by Don okay. Saylor, and this was in... This was on Ranker.com. Yes, and the title is This Psychedelic Theory Claims Magic Mushrooms Are Responsible for All Our Christmas Traditions. Which is... I mean, that's a claim. It is a claim, but this, you know... What, what do they say? Uh, um, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, something like that. Yeah, right. But yeah, wait till you wait till you get into this. Some of this is extremely literal. Some of it's you know fun and kind of on the outskirts of 
common reality, but uh, some of it is absolutely freaking literal. So let's get into it. Christmas is steeped in folklore and religious ritual. That's no secret. But what if there was more to it? Something far more fun, mysterious, and fantastical. That's right. Magic mushrooms. <laughs> it would explain a lot. Are psychedelic mushrooms really behind the magic of the season? Scholars and academics were the first ones to note the similarities between magic mushrooms and Christmas traditions, illustrating a link that is perhaps not coincidental at all, but proof that some of our most beloved holiday conventions are directly tied to psychedelics. Are we living in a festive bliss imagined centuries ago during a magic mushroom trip? Yes! Let's discuss it. <laughs> the fly agaric Amanita muscaria, Amanita is one of the muscaria. most recognizable mushrooms in the world, even if people have no idea what you're supposed to call it. People have seen it depicted in drawings and video games their entire life. The Mario World games depict a red and white spotted mushroom that helps them grow bigger. No doubt a nod to the hallucinogenic fly agaric. Still, this mushroom is one of the most influential mushrooms in all of mankind. Some have even considered it the original Soma, the inspiration for the Hindu religion. So where is this found? Today, the fly agaric is a circumglobal fungus. Some authors claim that this species was introduced to South America and Africa through the timber industries. It is most common in areas where it can grow with its host trees, pines and birches. Yet it will grow occasionally with other trees. It already had a distribution in the Northern Hemisphere, particularly abundant in Siberia, Northern Europe and North America. So if you're ever looking for these, here's what they look like. When you're immature, the caps or the tops are globose to hemispherical, where later in light they are plate-like. They can reach 8 to 20 centimeters in diameter, and they are generally bright red with white warts. These are the remnants of the universal veil. The red color of the cap can fade with age, and some subspecies are more yellow to almost white. Uh, as far as their taste, better not to taste it. There are many mixed reports. Some say it tastes like chicken. Others say it tastes like fish snacks. Um, but a decent question is, is it poisonous or hallucinogenic? Which is kind of the same thing. Yeah, a lot of things that make you hallucinate. Like, alcohol does what it does because it's poison. Right. And then if you have too much, you feel hungover. And you feel like you've been poisoned because you have. <laughs> right. One question that often pops up when talking about the fly agaric is its potential as a hallucinogen. Many books list this species simply as a poisonous amanita and give no time to its historical or present use as a mind-altering compound. But truth be told, it is poisonous. It can kill you if you eat too much of it, but it is also a psychotropic mushroom if taken in the right quantities. We're not promoting the use of this mushroom and should explain that it doesn't provide the greatest trip. Mm -hmm. According to sources, <laughs> the potential for extreme liver damage far outweighs the relatively minor trips that you can have using this this uh, fungus. Yeah, well, they say it's not the greatest trip. Tell that to Mario and Luigi. <laughs> this is the mushroom we're talking about. You've all seen it. And what's amazing is now if you go just Google... Uh, Christmas images and see how many have this mushroom in it it uh, for lack of a better term it pops up everywhere um, all right well let's let's talk about Santa Claus 
being a shaman. The jolly old Santa embraced by our culture is inspired largely by the poem A Visit from St. Nicholas, or also probably better known as Twas the Night Before Christmas, written in 1823 by Clement Clark Moore. The popular image of Santa Claus may well have been inspired by shamans, particularly Siberian shamans, who wore outfits eerily like Santa's red and white fur-trimmed suit. According to anthropologist John Rush, quote, Up until a few hundred years ago, these practicing shamans would collect Amanita muscaria, the holy mushroom, which is what they called, you know, the mushroom we're talking about. They would dry them and then give them as gifts on the winter solstice. This might also explain why Santa slides his ample booty down chimneys instead of coming in through the front door. Siberian winters were brutal. We can probably all imagine that. And snow removal was often completely impossible. So there was a chimney-like entrance, and that may have been much more feasible during the time of these Santa shamans. Santa has an ample booty in, in our drawings and our images that we have in our mind of him and stuff, but that doesn't mean that the, uh, the Siberian shamans were you know, 60 to 100 pounds overweight, and most likely were not. They're out there riding reindeer around and shit like that, so you think they'd be in good shape. But in any case, so these mushrooms grow under fir trees, like presents. Shamans who dress like Santa go pick, and this is all verified stuff, uh, they go and pick these mushrooms and then they go deliver them to their friends for the winter solstice and they go in through a hatch in the roof sometimes because the snow is absolutely so deep that you just can't shovel your front door out so you have a hatch on the top of your house i mean that's almost a literal translation into the santa claus story hmm yeah I mean, just just the idea that they're growing under the type of trees that we would think of as like a like a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and the you know the white and red kind of I don't know that sounds kind of believable. <laughs> it sounds crazy, I know, and I know everybody's going to be like, "Well, mushrooms and Christmas, this is going to be goofy," but it's it, when you look into things, when you actually do some research into things, you might be surprised. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about the mushrooms uh, popping up in Christmas art. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? If you look at older Christmas art created prior to the mid-20th century, you will find a common theme among artists' renderings of Christmas scenes and figures, the magic mushroom. In some images, the mushrooms are just small little details. In others, the mushrooms are the focal point. Featuring cherub-cheeked kids or elves excited for Christmas, sitting atop a giant shroom. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, there we go. So the type of mushroom that we see in these images is the magic mushroom that we've been talking about this whole time. It's not a just standard, could be interpreted any way one. But what's interesting is that during Victorian times, this mushroom was a symbol for chimney sweeps. Mushrooms, chimneys, Santa Claus, it's all coming together. So now we'll get into something a little bit more uh, out there, but hey. It's Christmas. Just ride with us. Yeah. Because we always say on such grounded topics. That's right. (laughs) 
reindeer are able to fly because they've eaten mushrooms. Now, I'm not suggesting that they can actually fly if they eat a mushroom, okay? We're, that's not what I'm saying. But we're saying they can fly if they eat two mushrooms. Right. No, it, <laughs> if you eat mushrooms, sometimes it looks like reindeer can fly, maybe. I don't know. I've never been to like Santa's Wonderland shrooming, but it's on the bucket <laughs> list. <laughs> so reindeer are able to fly because they've eaten mushrooms. This theory suggests that reindeer can fly because they've ingested psychedelic mushrooms. In Siberia, there is evidence that shamans and reindeer would both eat shrooms, which, of course, leads to the logical conclusion that there was a lot of tripping going on way up in the frozen north. Biology professor Donald Pfister told NPR, quote, This idea is that reindeer go berserk because they're eating Amanita muscaria. Reindeer's flying. Are they flying? Are your senses telling you they're flying because you're hallucinating? There's also proof that magic mushrooms can stimulate the nervous system to the extent that one feels a temporary Herculean strength. And this would apply to animals too. Now, this is what biology professor Donald Pfister is saying. I don't know that there's been any studies that... I guess there's got to be, because if we can think of something, no matter how crazy it is and how silly it sounds, somebody studied it at some point. But that animals, when they eat these mushrooms, get stronger. You know, we've heard about uh, people on PCP, you know, being able to get tasered five times and be fine or shot, you know, in the chest with a shotgun and they run three miles, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that there's been any test done on that. I would think that if that had been proven or accepted or, or whatever, that you would want like your oxen and, you know, your beast of burden, like, hey, give them some mushrooms. We'll get the plowing done in half the time. And, and I'm not saying yeah. that to be funny. I, I mean, you would think that that would be a logical step. But right. in any case, it may damage their liver, too. And instead of having an ox for however long they live, 10, 12, 15, I have no idea, you know, they might live three. So maybe it wouldn't make mm. sense. But maybe reindeer having ingested mushrooms weren't flying at all, but jumping and bounding and prancing with their surge of super reindeer power. What's next? The colors of the magic mushroom are predominantly red and white, just like the suit worn by a certain iconic Christmas figure. But the similarities don't stop there. Santa is usually depicted as carrying a large white sack full of toys. Mushrooms grow from white sacks, and when they are gathered, they're usually put into white sacks. Now this one, I don't know. I The, the image of Santa in the red and white suit, I mean, this was from one of my marketing classes. They said that image came from Coca-Cola, uh -huh. I believe. It was like, I mean, the figure of Santa had been around, but that particular image, like the suit and everything, was a, a marketing thing. Yeah, I, I've heard that too. How often do we see symbols, you know, carrying over from occult things from the past that we think, oh, this came up as, you know, in an ad here, when in reality it was Aleister Crowley from beyond yeah. the grave or you know something mm -hmm. like that so well see i'm thinking about you you've probably gone to the um the christmas parade stuff that they do on main street in st charles no i hate parades with a fucking passion they do during christmas time 
you know, that's historic Main Street. It was mm-hmm. the area where, the, like, the original Capitol building was for Missouri and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff down there is, like, 300 years old, just about. Mm-hmm. But they do this... Uh, I forget how often it is. It's not every day, but it's every couple days they do like this little sort of, it's not, I guess, a parade as much as it is like a procession, but they they sing like Christmas songs and they go through the streets and stuff and there are stations set up where there are just all these Christmas figures from like around the world. Like there's different versions of Santa Claus from different places. Which They're all dressed differently. Yeah, they're, well, there's like fairies and whatever. I don't know. There's all kinds of like actors that are out doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And just one of the things that I noticed is all the Santa Claus people are all dressed like really differently. They're all dressed in some culturally specific way. Yeah. But then again, I'm still on board. Sure. Coming through chimneys, you know, red and white, like colorful things under a under a pine tree. Like. Well, and I don't ever honestly remember seeing Santa depicted with a, a white toy sack. No, neither do I. I it's remember it being like red. red. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that could be just something that's more visually pleasing. Like if you're creating something, you know, as an ad or or whatever, generally you're going to want to put, you know, more bright colors in there and not just have a big white sack. Right. Or if it's (laughs) have a big white sack. (laughs) But... (laughs) But if it's like an old print ad and it's on, you know, probably a, like a white or kind of cream colored background, mm-hmm. the white would probably be harder to see. So that might be a reason to do it that way. But it could be that back in the day when you would play Santa Claus, you might have a white bag or it's probably just easier to come across one that's white than one that's green or red. You were just talking about mushrooms appearing beneath pine trees, just like Christmas presents. So yeah. mushrooms are a fungus. And fungi flourish in moist, dark places. The environment under the generous shade of a pine tree provides optimal conditions for mushrooms to grow. So perhaps it is no coincidence that the first place we run to on Christmas morning is the pine tree in the living room. These days, instead of mushrooms under the tree, we have presents. With the gift of the shroom long enjoyed by Siberian shaman and their reindeer, this suggests that our modern gift giving is a reference to the magic mushroom and one of its favorite growing spots. So imagine, if you will, you are walking through a Siberian forest filled with fir trees that look like Christmas trees with little presents underneath it. You're in your red and white suit, you gather them up, you put them in your sack, and you take them around and give them as gifts for the winter solstice. Oh, man. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Are reindeer shamanic spirit animals? We'll find out after a quick break. Hey, Crypt Keepers, I want to tell you about our exciting new affiliation with Parabox. Parabox is a t-shirt subscription box with a twist. Each month, you will receive a new paranormal soft style tea and info card about that month's theme. The shirt and card will contain clues to finding a hidden password for use on their website. You'll also find clues to next month's theme. Correct entries get entered in a raffle for free gear. 
The shirts are unique. They're pretty dope with designs about all your favorite paranormal stuff like Black Eyed Kids, Bigfoot, Nazca Lines, and a really cool Battle of Los Angeles tee. That's one I'm hoping I will get here sometime soon. The designs are silk screened onto a soft style tee that's super comfortable. From the moment you open your pair of box, you'll be so engrossed by the t-shirt, you'll forget there's a puzzle built into it. That's right, each shirt contains a secret password that can be in the form of codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. Have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. Get your exclusive link in the show notes, and we get a little kickback when you sign up for the box, so you can support the show while getting cool swag, with mysteries in the process. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Ryan, are reindeer shamanic spirit animals? Mm. Yes. All right, next section. <laughs> Siberian, <laughs> Siberian shamans had a deeply mystical connection to reindeer. So much so, in fact, the reindeer could be considered the spirit animals of these medicine men. Amongst the Siberian shamans, you have an animal spirit you can journey with in your vision quest, said Boston University professor Carl Ruck. And reindeer are common and familiar to people in eastern Siberia. It stands to reason that these animals accompanied shaman on their spiritual journeys and magic mushrooms were often a part of it. The animals we most associate with Christmas are reindeer. So they're somebody's spirit animal. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they may not be Every you know, spirit animals in like a mystical sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Kim and I have a fat little wiener dog. <laughs> That's a rescue. She just will not lose weight. I don't know how we've controlled her food. And I occasionally will take her and just like roll her onto her back and like rub her belly. Mm-hmm. But she's so big, her back is really flat. So she just like will stay there. Yeah. It takes effort for her to roll back over. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when she's just like there laying on her back, all fat and happy with her tail wagging and stuff, it's like, I think this is my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have seen a lot of uh, photographs of reindeer in Siberia with people riding them. So, you know, here we are used to having a horse, right? And a horse is a basically a perfect riding animal. Depending on what type of terrain you're in, there's different types of horses that do better in certain types of terrain. But they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're for the most part, they're big and strong and they can carry a lot of weight for a long distance. So, so they're great, but you wouldn't think of that with reindeer because reindeer are pretty small, but there's pictures of people looking for the, I, I guess the cause behind the, uh, is it Tanguska where the, um, Tanguska, yeah. The explosion. Yeah. The trees were just demolished for miles. And there's, you know, when I've looked into that story a little bit there's pictures of people riding reindeer that's just what they took i feel bad for the reindeer because they're pretty small like a reindeer you know is not anywhere close to the size of a horse you know they're not even mm-hmm. you know they're the size of like a, a regular white-tailed deer they are used it would stand to reason that they would be hitched onto sleighs if not ridden directly right anyway let's talk about how the shamans dressed 
Our collective modern idea of Santa is a jolly old man in a red and white suit. Siberian shamans also favored red and white garb, specifically red clothing with white spots. So we don't really see Santa depicted with white spots on his clothes, but he has the white fur trim. What do you think that fur is supposed to be from? Just popped into my head right now, but what what do you think the trim on Santa's suit is made from? Um, I mean, it could be polar bear. It could be like Arctic fox. Realistically, yeah, like a like a fox fur kind of thing, um, or the scalps of naughty children. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> um, but the flyagaric mushrooms have a pattern like that, right? They've got the red cap with the white spots. So even today, some Siberian shamans still wear the red and white ceremonial clothing. And, you know, I googled Siberian shaman images and most of the images that popped up were photographs of, you know, a more modern time. They they weren't, yeah. you know, the early or mid 1800s or whatever. So that they're they're dressed differently, but you know, there's there's evidence. So Tell us about Rudolph's nose. Rudolph's bright red nose leads Santa and the other reindeer on their appointed rounds every Christmas Eve. But let's look closer at that famous snout. A button-like nose, red in color, and about the same size as, you guessed it, a magic mushroom. And under the influence of shrooms, there's a very real possibility that a reindeer's nose could give the impression that it's glowing. Uh, Professor Carl Ruck, who we mentioned above, says, It's amazing that a reindeer with a red mushroom nose is at the head leading the others. Pretty amazing, huh? I think that one might be a bit of a reach, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that one's a little out there, but... Anyway, Santa... How many reindeer did he have? Eight? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a magical number in shamanism and folklore. If you believe at all in numerology, you subscribe to the theory that numbers have meaning and significance, and for what it's worth, numerology has been around for millennia. It is predominant in much of the folklore and customs we enjoy today, whether we realize it or not, and shamans too found great significance in numbers. The fact that Santa's sleigh was pulled by eight reindeer could be further indication contemporary traditions are rooted in mushroom lore. There are Germanic and Nordic myths that involve Wotan. Yeah, because we talked, we just talked about Wotanism in uh, the Nazi occult episode. Wotan was a dominant Germanic god, uh, and he was also known as Odin, you know, to the Vikings. In any case, he apparently rides an eight-legged horse at midnight on the winter solstice. The god would be chased by devils, and the strain of the intense chase would cause flecks of red blood and white foam to form at the horse's mouth, which would fall to the ground. The next year, wherever this foamy saliva landed, is where the Amanita mushrooms would grow. Pretty cool. Uh, you know, like I said, we're, we're getting into some kind of uh, far out there stuff, but yeah. there's the... Uh, still the close relationship that we talked about earlier but mm-hmm. anyway what's next this is a fun one yeah uh santa's reindeer possibly being named after behaviors induced by mushrooms so consider santa's reindeer on a reindeer by reindeer basis yep the name of each one in one way or another could describe an effect of mushrooms 
Dasher, Dancer, and Prancer suggest the buoyant, ecstatic feelings invoked by mushrooms. Cupid and Vixen could refer to the amorous or peace and love feelings mushrooms tend to induce. According to James Bersenos, an art professor that specializes in the metaphysical at the College of Alber- Albemarle? Probably butchered that. Yeah. <laughs> Comet becomes a kind of code word for astral travel under the influence of entheogenic mushrooms. And Blitzen might be an allusion to being blitzed on shrooms, <laughs> but it's more likely a German translation for lightning, just as Donner may be a German translation for thunder. Lightning and thunder, like all sights and sounds under the effects of mushrooms, are amplified and intensified. So what would be your reindeer name? I don't know. It's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, I really can't think of anything. All right, we'll keep thinking, and we'll get to it at the end. Well, what about you? You don't get to skip out. I know, I know, I know. Um, I don't know. I didn't really think about it either. I don't know. I'd probably be I'd be the reindeer. Yeah, like fuck that, dude. I am chilling in the uh, barn tonight. I know it's Christmas Eve, Santa, but I'm tripping balls, dude. I'm not going out there. You expect me to land on a tiny roof when I'm all fucked up like this? <laughs> Yeah, in the snow and ice. I'd probably be like chatter or talker or something. I feel like I talk all day, every day. So I'd just be like a loud-ass babbling reindeer. <laughs> right. I'd be the one that everybody, all the other reindeer, like, shut that guy up. Right. Santa, tell Rudolph to quit farting. I'm right behind him. Yeah, they'd tie me down like a private pile in full metal jacket. And right. Hit me with socks full of soap. Nice. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, this is another cool one. Mushrooms were dried by hanging them from the hearth, just like Christmas stockings. In days of yore, it wasn't stockings that were hung by the chimney with care. It was mushrooms. I kind of feel like the guy from Ancient Aliens, you know, like everything is like it was mushrooms. But this is, you know... I don't want to say verified, but there's nothing out there that I could find that goes against it. So, yeah, it was mushrooms. There long existed a common practice of drying out mushrooms by stringing and hanging them across the fireplace hearth. The process made the shrooms suitable for storage, so you could be high 24-7, 365. As yuletide traditions were created, altered, and passed down, the red and white mushrooms strung up on the mantle were replaced by red and white stockings. According to the theory, the legend of Santa derives from shamans in the Siberian and Arctic regions who dropped into the locals' teepee-like homes with a bag full of hallucinogenic mushrooms as presents in late December. And that's according to Rush. But think about that. So this is a shaman collecting presents from under a fir tree, putting them in a sack on his, you know, reindeer that he's riding around with a red and white suit, climbing into hatches on the tops of what are essentially cabins or dropping into teepee-like structures, which was not specified any more than that, and Mm -hmm. delivering mushrooms to people as gifts for the winter solstice that they dry on their mantle essentially over the fire so i don't know seems like there's something to it so they gave him out his presence tell us about that so to continue with what you said before quoting anthropologist john rush 
As the story goes, up until a few hundred years ago, these practicing shamans or priests connected to their older traditions would collect the holy mushroom, dry them, and then give them as gifts on the winter solstice. Because snow is usually blocking the doors, there was an opening on the roof, which people entered and exited, thus the chimney story. And I'm wondering if this is... Like, I'm not... I'm having trouble picturing the kind of structure they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But I was just talking... We have a a hippie that comes into the bar. Mm -hmm. Like, he's an awesome guy, and he's so interesting. Like, he'll do tarot card readings and stuff like that for people. Mm -hmm. Somebody was chewing gum or whatever, and he was like, oh, that has uh, aspartame in it. Uh You know, that's like that's not good for you to have too much of that like here try this yeah it's a gum that's like all natural or whatever and i wound up trying a piece of it too the flavor of that stuff lasted for like two hours i got tired of it and spit it out before it was done being flavorful (laughs) but anyway we were talking about like living situations and i was like i could see you living in a yurt Mm -hmm. i was like what's that so i had my you know grabbed my phone and i showed him it and he's like yeah that'd be like that'd be pretty dope so yurt is a mongolian structure Mm -hmm. that is kind of like a teepee but it's like a large round uh structure it's like a wooden lattice inside with some kind of cloth on the outside they would use like fur and different things to insulate it and the whole point of it was it was really good for like super cold windy environments because it was round so there were no edges for the wind to kind of whip on because that's that's what like causes things to get screwed up by wind is having like those hard edges where the wind kind of yeah, where the wind kind of collects in a particular way. But that's sort of what I'm imagining. And those do have a like an opening at the top. So you could have a fire in the middle of it or, you know, just open it up if the weather's nice or whatever. But so that part I kind of buy because it's literally a chimney. And yeah. there are a lot of like I've been uh, playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I stopped for a while because it kept crashing. So if anybody's listening, it's like, why are you playing you know, a two-year-old Assassin's Creed game or whatever. But yeah, there are certain missions where it's like, oh, the doors are locked. Like there should be a hole on the roof. And so Uh you climb up on the roof and it's basically this, it's what would be a chimney opening. Right. And it's a little bit different than a traditional chimney that we would know, you know, in, in America. When you have a chimney, if you come down the chimney, your only option is to go right into the fire and then try and climb out. But in these structures... It was more of a like a fire in the middle with a hole in the roof. And I mean, theoretically, you could just, you know, kind of put your hands on the edge of the hole and swing down and just hop to the side of the fire. Right. Yeah. The the slope of the roof kind of guided where the smoke went. Right. Right. Exactly. Anyway, anything else on the uh, presents? No. You ever received a mushroom as a present? I have not. No, but I think my dogs are eating mushrooms out of the yard. Not because they come in prancing and dancing and blitzed, but because they'll be outside chewing on something and then they start throwing up. So they're apparently not getting the good stuff. And they're eating something, which I'm thinking, oddly enough, is mushrooms that are growing under this big pine tree. That's out there. <laughs> I, I just realized that's where they are, but... Yeah, they like to go out there. What's your wiener dog's name? Pepper. Oh, yeah. you see Pepper floating around the house with a bright red yeah, nose. She found that good shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> Any of these mushrooms that we're talking about, like, let me put it like this, Crypt Keepers. 
if you are not a mushroom hunter and you have not been trained by someone who is a mushroom hunter, don't eat mushrooms that you find in the woods. They could kill you. And like we said, the mushrooms that make you trip, like the psilocybin or the fly agaric or whatever, it's poison. So too much will kill you. Just like if you drink, you know, somehow you down four bottles of tequila in a night, you're probably going to die. Like your your dogs, dogs have iron stomachs for one thing, you know, but they might throw it up or they might not. So, you know, it's super dangerous. Yeah, just it's not worth the risk. Moving on. Now, this one is a doozy. A virgin birth symbolizes the germination of a mushroom. This is a little bit of a stretch, but we've got to cover it. So, some believe the story of the virgin birth might also come from mushroom-centric lore. And that would be a cool side podcast. You know, just like do like six weeks Mm -hmm. of mushroom-centric lore. Is that something you guys would be interested in? You want to learn more about mushrooms, magic mushrooms? Let us know at crypticpodcast.mail.com. I think they're going to want an instructional episode. Or an episode where we're both on shrooms. I've done mushrooms before. You know, they talk about all these uh, just life-changing events that happen when you're on magic mushrooms and stuff. But last time I did, I mean, I was young. But we ended up uh, sitting in my car in the rain and watching the raindrops race down the windshield Mm. for about six hours. So just saying, it's not all... You know, like just because you eat a mushroom doesn't mean you're going to have like a connection with God. Right. You know what I mean? It's there's a there's a wide variety of uh, activities that get taken up when people are on mushrooms. So uh, anyway, long ago in a time before microscopes and widely held understandings about reproduction, a mushroom would have appeared to have grown without a seed. So. Their spores are microscopic, so they would not have been visible to the naked eye. This would likely have appeared miraculous to those living in less enlightened times. A living thing not born of a seed, not grown in the, quote, traditional way, just like the birth of a certain Messiah we celebrate on December 25th. That's all I got. You got any final thoughts? Just that a lot of this actually seems legit. Mm Mm-hmm. Still going back to the mushrooms under a pine tree, the colorful look of them, you know, reminding me of like presents under a tree, Mm -hmm. Uh, the coming down through the chimney. Like that actually is really an interesting idea that that stems from a time where a time and a place where the snow would have been so bad that you might not be able to get through the door. Like I really, that, that I find that idea very interesting. Mm -hmm. I guess the problems that I have primarily with this is that a lot of what they're talking about comes from really different times and places. And so you'd have to have a lot of different people thinking about mushrooms Yeah, for this all to work. Like the modern Santa Claus outfit being, you know, kind of an American thing. You know, the idea of a Christmas tree being inside. Isn't that an American thing too? Uh, No, that's actually a Nordic thing. Oh, okay. They would go out and they would find a beautiful tree that would fit every year and they would bring them in as part of their winter solstice traditions, I guess. So, yeah, they would bring a bring a tree in 
into their house and keep it till it turned brown and died but mm-hmm. well yeah that was a nordic thing too and if you're looking at a map the nordic countries are extremely close to russia which is you mm-hmm. know right on the edge of siberia mongolia whatever so there's reason to believe that in ancient times it it was more of a a fluid tradition that kind of happened along where these uh mushrooms originated right because like the you know they said oh well they may have spread throughout the world from the timber industry and people might think oh well that's stupid like they're going to bring mushrooms with well no they could have spores you know that are you know in the bark or or wherever and that gets brought boom now you've got mushrooms but i don't know i don't know of any other mushrooms like i know the psilocybin mushrooms and then i know these i'm sure that you can probably you know get a buzz if you will off of a lot of different poisonous mushrooms but you could also die pretty easily so yeah yeah, I guess I was thinking that the like the Christmas tree idea originated from what is it that they used to say like Ben Franklin or something it was like bring in a tree to like have greenery during the winter or whatever. Yeah, it's something that I heard a long time ago probably, but that's kind of what I was thinking I'm like okay, but you know, that's if that's a tradition that's only a couple hundred years old cuz the US is only a few, you know, 300 years old. Yeah. And that's kind of weird to be related to this other thing, but I didn't know about the Nordic thing. So that does make a lot more sense. With the things that you just described, presents under the tree, delivered through a hatch on the roof, you know, dried out over the mantle. I mean, it's almost literal. It's not even symbolic. It's what we're doing is symbolic of what they literally did, you know, in the past. Yeah. I don't know. But I do want to say, once again, do not go out and just try and find some magic mushrooms. Because there's so many that look so similar. And, you know, if you eat a fly agaric mushroom, you know, a bite out of one, it may have a different effect than even a different fly agaric mushroom, right? Like, they could, there could be different potencies within that actual species but anyway now that we've established that santa is a siberian shaman that's supposed to bring us mushrooms but i've been getting like shitty presents compared to mushrooms what about you what's the worst christmas present you ever got i'll let you think about it mine was hilarious it was at a um like a church event, right? And we did like a, a secret Santa thing. And it's like, oh, everybody just, you know, spend five bucks or whatever. And so this would have been like 2008, maybe something around in there. Long story short, I got a uh, picture frame that said Christmas 2005. So it was like a frame that was from three <laughs> years earlier. And yeah, that got regifted, but that's yeah. pretty funny. And then they did a uh, secret Santa thing at work at, with my <laughs> wife, and um, I forget what they call it. You're supposed to give like the worst Christmas present you can find, and mm-hmm. uh, my wife got a uh, cardboard cutout of Doctor Evil. 
and put it in one of her other teacher's rooms with a bow on it. Like this is your, you know, dark horse Christmas present or whatever they call it when you get the, the bad present. But that's a great present though. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. I think probably for me, I don't know if it's the worst, but it's one of the weirdest Kim's family. They like to give like weird gag gifts sometimes. Mm -hmm. And one of those was a pair, a pair of boxers. Oh gosh, that's creepy. But they were like elf. They're like very much like elf boxers. Like they looked like a boxer version of like little elf pants or something like green and red with like little buttons painted on them. And they had like bells. But yeah, they they were just like really weird and ornate. And they're like, oh, you gotta, it's a rule. You gotta model whatever you Mm. got. Cause like everybody who gets a shirt or like a sweatshirt or a jacket or whatever, like they have to put it on. Yeah. So I just got up and like put it on over my jeans and they're like, all right, to, to the letter, if not necessarily the spirit of the rule, <laughs> like was this acceptable? I mean, they were obviously not going to actually make me do that. Right, but they right. thought it was really funny to like, get me these goofy things and try to, you know, be like, okay, newbie to the family. We, we have this rule. <laughs> it was the, uh, thought that counts. So, but Anyway, getting to, uh, you know, a good Christmas gift, if you haven't gotten one yet, you need to check out the Parabox Mystery T-shirt link in the show notes. It's the easiest way to help the show and get a great product in return. I just got my first Parabox T-shirt, and this is actually being recorded on December 11th, but I just got mine, so there's going to be hopefully a TikTok out uh, about me doing the shirt reveal and talking a little bit about the uh, mystery behind it. It was the uh, Pope Lick Monster, the Kentucky Goat Man. So Mm. anyway, that's all we've got for you tonight on Cryptique. Keep sharing episode links. You're really moving the needle for us. This is true. We have basically since you got, you know, since we started asking you to literally repost the link on your favorite social media, we are starting to really see a jump in listenership so we really appreciate that be safe during the holidays and take care of each other don't try to dose anybody with magic mushrooms it's not the way to gift those and uh maybe don't make any new members of your family wear weird boxers at christmas that's always good advice so whatever you celebrate this season we hope you spread peace and joy merry christmas and happy holidays from cryptique Good evening, Crypt Keepers.